We are, of course, continuing our study in the life of this man called Peter. In our text for this morning, it was verse 33. And it came to pass as they departed from him, that is, Moses and Elijah, came to pass that as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias, not knowing what he said. The Lord went up into a mountain to pray, something which he had done before. We read in Luke 6 and verse 12, and it came to pass, and was dead, that he went out into a mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. Only this time, as he went up into a mountain to pray, brought with him Peter and John and James, brought them to that place of intercession. The Lord had taken those three same disciples with him on other occasions. They had been chosen out of the twelve. You recall when he went into the home of Jairus and raised Jairus' daughter to life. Peter, James and John were there with him. Mark 5 verse 37. When he went to Gethsemane's garden and there he agonized in prayer the same three, Peter, James and John had been brought to that place by the Lord. Matthew 26, verse 37. And what a privilege, what a privileged trio of disciples they were. Now another privilege is afforded them. They are going to a prayer meeting with their master. He brought them, remember, we noted that last week. He brought them he led them, he took them to the place of prayer. And as he led the three disciples up that mountain, neither Peter, nor James, nor John was aware of what would take place there on that mountain. They would see Christ <coughs> in his glory at that prayer meeting heaven would come down in the form of two glorified saints at that prayer meeting and this shows us believer when the Lord leads us to a prayer meeting 
We just do not know what the Lord has prepared for us there. And what a time of blessing it was for those three disciples. And again, Peter spoke for them all. Peter said, Master, it is good for us to be here. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever said that in your heart? You've been to a prayer meeting and you've said in your heart, it's good for me to be here. You've come to the Lord's house on the Sabbath day and you've been conscious of the Lord's presence and again you've said, Master, it is good for me to be here. What's the make, what is it that makes it different? What is it that makes it so good to be here? The Lord's presence. That's what Peter was saying. The Lord was there. And Peter says it's good for us to be here. There are a number of reasons why it was so good and so special for Peter and the others to be there. First of all, because Peter's Savior was there. Sure don't they know that where Jesus is, tis heaven there. And Peter and the others experienced a little bit of heaven in the sight of that mountain that day because they saw Christ as they had never seen him before that's right they'd been with the Lord a number of years they'd seen many things wrought by the Lord but they never saw Christ like this before for verse 29 tells us and as he prayed the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistery they had never seen that before <coughs> and regarding what we see there in that verse 29 we're told about his countenance his countenance and as he prayed the fashion of his countenance was altered seeing Christ in his glory as he was transfigured before them what the disciples saw that day listen what the disciples saw that day and how they viewed Christ that day you know something that's how we will see him when we reach heaven. All of God's people, when they get to glory, they will see Christ as the three disciples saw him that day on the mountain. For we are told when John, in the book of the Revelation, remember? He was in the spirit 
on the Lord's day and he heard a voice behind him like the sound of a trumpet and when he turned he saw he saw Christ and he describes him as his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength Revelation 1.16 his countenance just as we read here his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering John on the Isle of Patmos saw Christ and he said his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength that's not surprising since the prophet tells us Malachi 4 and verse 2 but unto you that fear his name shall the son of righteousness Christ and he's described as the son S-U-N of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings that's how we'll see Christ as the son of righteousness yes that's how we will see him so different believer from the first time we saw him you might say well when was that well when we sat under the preaching of the gospel and we were told about Christ and we were shown what he suffered something of what he suffered as he was left to the cross we were under conviction of sin and Christ was presented to us and we saw him how did we see him we saw him as the substitute for our sin we looked upon him and we saw that face of his covered in spittles as his enemy spat upon him that's how we saw him then we saw his enemies that hated him not only did they spit on his face but they slapped him in the face then we saw those that despised him plucked the hairs from off his face that's how we saw him then we saw him with a crown of thorns upon his brow and blood streaming down his face that's how we first saw him and then as he hung upon the cross and they looked by faith to that center tree on Calvary's hill we saw the anguish and the horror and the suffering expressed in that face that's when we first saw him and because he had not hid himself from suffering and shame we could see he did it all for us 
when we beheld the sufferings of Christ you remember that day that day or that night or that evening that hour when we saw that Christ had suffered so much for us we bowed our head and said Lord be merciful to me a sinner and he saved us by his grace that's how we saw him the first time but when we see him again when we see him again <coughs> we shall look upon that same face and it shall be shining as the sun in his strength yes we shall see him as he is that's how Peter, James and John saw him that day of that prayer meeting on the side of a mountain his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering so as well as his countenance we're told about his clothing his raiment was white Listening, what a view, what a sight that was of the Lord that day on the mountain. And you know, believer, we're going to see him one day, and that's how we will see him. That's how we will see him. His raiment was white and glistering. Matthew. Matthew describes it as follows His raiment was white as the light Matthew 17 and 2 <clears throat> this is all so wonderful concerning Christ because he is God and what do we read in 1 John 1 and 5 God is light Christ is God that's how the disciples saw him that day because God is light and Christ was all light Paul speaking about the Lord said who only speaking about Christ who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach 1 Timothy 6 and 16 and David the psalmist he saw Christ and how did David describe him who covereth thyself with light as with a garment well that's what he had that day in the mountain who covereth thyself with light as with a garment Psalm 104 verse 2 that's how Peter, James and John saw him that day and how those who were saved 
That's how we'll see him. Praise the Lord. That's how we will see Christ. What John and Peter and James witnessed that day on the mount and how they saw Christ. Listen, that's how we're going to see him. Turn to Revelation. <coughs> the book of Revelation, chapter 21. Revelation, chapter 21. Look at verse 22. Speaking about heaven. And I, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of sun, neither of moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb, Christ, is the light of heaven. The Lamb is the light thereof. Verse 20. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Chapter 22 of Revelation, verse 5. And there shall be no night, no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever and Christ <coughs> is the light of heaven praise the Lord no night there Christ is the light and he's the light of heaven and you know something when we look upon him In all probability we'll say, Yea, he is all together. <laughs> Tell me, my friend, will you be there? Will you be in heaven to see Christ, who is the light of glory? Will you spend eternity not in the light but in outer darkness? Darkness. A darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. <coughs> as well as his countenance, his clothing. We notice his company. His company. So the Lord was joined at that prayer meeting on the mountain by two glorified saints, Moses and Elias, and Moses and Elijah. <coughs> Verse 30. So there on the mountain, the Lord was joined by, by three earthly saints, and to heavenly saints. This typifies for us the Church of Christ. 
we talk about the church of Christ is made up of earthly saints and heavenly saints we belong to the same church the church of the Lord Jesus Christ the body of Christ and the fact that Moses and Elias appeared with the Lord their shows when they died they hadn't been annihilated that's what some people believe today that's what they want to believe they don't want to think about eternity they think when a person dies they die like a dog and that's the end no sir <laughs> Moses and Elias they were there to glorify saints no there's no annihilation no the Lord has told us that when he told the story of the rich man and Lazarus and the rich man died listen when the rich man died in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments when Lazarus died he was carried into the very bosom of Abraham Abraham's in heaven when Lazarus the poor sinner that lay at the rich man's gate one went to heaven and the other went to hell that's what the Lord has told us no, there's no annihilation. There's only two destinations heaven or hell. <laughs> That's it. No purgatory, nothing in between. <coughs> and here we read at that prayer meeting on the mountain there were two glorified sins Moses and Elijah. They had died hundreds of years before but they've gone to heaven you know there's something else <coughs> they weren't described as two spirits they were described as Moses and Elias there's been the question raised a number of times will we know one another in heaven this tells us we will we'll know one another in heaven and believe are those who have gone before and they're in heaven we'll know them when we see them praise the Lord that was something to look forward to and what a reunion we will have in glory and we'll recognize one another great we have the Saviour's countenance the Saviour's clothing 
the Savior's company. And then we're told about the Savior's conversation. His conversation. When the Lord met with Moses and Elijah, we are afforded the privilege, the opportunity to listen in, as it were, under conversation. <clears throat> Verse 31. Moses and Elias appeared in glory and spake of his decease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. <coughs> there you have their conversation. There you have the topic of their conversation. So they talked about the death of Christ. And in speaking about the death of Christ, I presume they would have been talking about the cross. They spake of his decease, his death. It was there in the cross that he laid down his life. It was there in the cross that he died for sinners. It was there in the cross he shed his blood. Notice the wording. They spake of his decease, which he should accomplish. Accomplish. That speaks of victory, doesn't it? When we think about death, we think of defeat. We think of death having conquered the individual. But here, Instead of the conversation being about death being the victor, we read, and they spake of his decease which he should accomplish. This makes reference to what Christ would accomplish through his death. And didn't he accomplish? a great deal because through the death of Christ <coughs> souls were saved that's an accomplishment because of the death of Christ brands were plucked from the burning from the burning that's an accomplishment because of the death of Christ hell was robbed of souls that's an accomplishment and of course when Christ laid down his life and was laid in the tomb the third day he rose again victorious that's an accomplishment I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again and when Christ rose from the dead he conquered hell he conquered death he conquered the grave that's an accomplishment that's what Christ did and you know something Christ lives today and all who know him and have received him as saviour they shall live also we shall live in the power of an endless life notice regarding this 
conversation since two saints from heaven talked with the Lord about his cross work what does that tell us that tells us that the main conversation in heaven will be about the cross work of Christ that's why we'll be in heaven because of the cross work of Christ because we have received the Lord as Saviour because we have received him by faith and accepted what he did for us at Calvary <coughs> and when we get to heaven we'll be talking about the cross and what Christ did for us there Revelation chapter 5 In verse 11 Revelation 5 verse 11 and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands verse 12 saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain there it is <coughs> worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. That'll be the theme of conversations in heaven. What Christ did for us on the cross. I press on quickly. looking at this prayer meeting we have seen <coughs> Peter's saviour there <coughs> next we notice Peter's suggestion there what a shame let me read here verse 32 but Peter <coughs> And they that were with him were heavy with sleep. Fell asleep. At this great prayer meeting, fell asleep. Because that was no new thing for those same three disciples. For when the Lord took them to Gethsemane, and the Lord wanted them to pray with him and support him in prayer as he agonized Lord prayed for an hour and came back and there Peter, James and John were fast asleep he went away and prayed again and came back Peter, James and John were fast asleep but here we are had another prayer meeting and Peter, James and John they slept they did awake from their slumbers in time we're told to see his glory 
and the two men that stood with him verse 32 <coughs> notice they saw his glory and the two men the glory of Christ will always outshine any glory that men have saw his glory to men in the light of Christ's glory Moses and Elias were simply two men they were just two men great men in their day but nevertheless still two men Christ is supreme Regarding Peter's suggestion, we notice first of all Peter and his blessing. Then in our, in our text, Master, it is good for us to be here. We're not told how long those two, those three disciples slept. But what Peter and the others experienced that day was a blessing. Master, it was good for us to be here. Think of it. Peter said, Master, it was good for us to be here. Where were they? They were on the side of a mountain. They weren't sitting in a comfortable place of worship. They weren't in the temple. They weren't in the synagogue. They were on the side of a mountain. And yet they still said, it's good for us to be here. Why were they able to say that? Why did Peter say, Master, it is good for us to be here? I'll tell you why. Why was it good for them to be there? Because Christ was there. Because Christ was there. That's why. So when we come to the Lord's house or we come to seek the Lord's face in prayer we can say it's good for us to be here because we're here with the Lord. The Lord's here. And we're here with the Lord. Master, good for us to be here. Oh, that we may be able to say that more often. Master, it is good for us to be here. What matters where on earth we dwell? On mountain top or in the dale, in cottage or in mansion fair, where Jesus is, tis heaven there. Boy, that's right. What matters where on earth we dwell, on mountain top or in the dale, <coughs> in cottage or in mansion fair, 
where Jesus is. There's heaven there. So it is. Not Peter, that day Peter and the others experienced a little bit of heaven. At that prayer meeting on the side of a mountain, that's a great prospect, isn't it? That every time we come together to pray, as I've already said, you never know what the Lord has in store for us. We come to pray, and the Lord is there. Did I ever tell you about the prayer meeting? In Dr. Paisley's own church in the Raven Hill Road in Belfast. He and a number of men, including Dr. John Douglas, met for prayer on a Friday night. They had done that regularly. But this particular night was different. Because when the sun came up on Saturday morning, they were still praying. When the sun went down on a Saturday evening, they were still praying. And when the sun came up on the Lord's Day morning, they had to break up the prayer meeting because each of them had a church to go to. And for each of those men, for each of those men that were gathered there, you know what they could have said? Master, it's good for us to be here. You never know what the Lord will do on a prayer meeting. I tell you, never know what the Lord has in store for us. When he calls us and brings us or leads us to a prayer meeting. As well as the blessing, good for us to be here. We see in this, in these words of Peter, <coughs> the buildings. The buildings, Peter made a suggestion. It's the inspired word, the Holy Spirit who inspired this book. What did the Holy Spirit say about what Peter suggested? Master, it is good for us to be here. And let us make three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias, not knowing what he said. That's the Holy Spirit telling us that. What, what Peter had suggested, making three tabernacles, the side of a mountain, Peter didn't know what he was talking about. Moses and Elias 
Then they three tabernacles. They had a home and glory. Think of it. Why? Well, they want to dwell in a tabernacle on the side of a mountain when they had a home and glory. You know, when you think of it, yes, we all mourn when we lose a loved one. They're taken from us. When they're taken from us, we wish we had them here. But you know something? No matter how much they've loved us, they wouldn't want to come back here. No. It would be like Moses and Elijah camping on the side of a mountain in tabernacles. Why would they want that? And they have a place in glory. But there's no darkness, there's no weeping, there's no sorrow. There's not a graveyard in heaven. Why would anybody want to leave all of that and come back? So it's said of Peter's suggestion not knowing what he said. You notice that Peter asked the Lord you look at Matthew, Matthew and Mark you got a little detail there where, Matthew, where Peter asked the Lord about building the tabernacles but you notice the Lord didn't answer no the Lord didn't answer Peter not knowing what he said and while he thus spake while Peter was speaking part lesson there for us We need to know what we're talking about when we come to speak to the Lord and pray and request or set a request before the Lord. In other words, we need to pray in accordance with God's will. If we don't, the Lord will not answer us. Peter made this suggestion. not knowing what he said finally Peter's saviour was there Peter's, Peter's suggestion there very quickly Peter was silenced there in verse 34 while he thus spake 
there came a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud and there came a voice out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him listen to him the cloud descended while Peter was speaking do you see that Peter was silenced there the cloud speaks to us of the presence of God right presence of God was known at that prayer meeting on that mountain that day we read in Numbers 11 verse 25 <coughs> regarding the death of Moses and the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and again believer we remember it was a prayer meeting Is that what we always wanted a prayer meeting? A sense of the presence of God. What we want. And when there's the presence of God, we're told that Peter, James, and John were overcome by fear. Fear God. That's what we always need and want in our meetings. Whether worship services or prayer meetings. Fear of God. Because when you have the fear of God, it will prevent us from saying anything foolish or behaving in a foolish manner. Presence of God will bring fear to our hearts. I make no apology for quoting the words of the psalm that I quoted maybe last week or the week before. God is greatly to be feared, feared in the prayer and the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. I've often thought of getting those words. But when I notice put on the door there as people come in we're entering the house of God and God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about it something we should never forget the presence and the precept what did God say and there came a voice out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him Lord, God spoke the same words at the Lord's baptism this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased and now God said to those three disciples this is my beloved son hear him That's who we're to listen to. That's who we're to give ear to. 
were to hear him and this is it here God's word whatever we hear whatever we read whatever we glean from God's word we're to apply it to our heart we're to hear him and the Lord enable us to do so and when we come together for prayer may we say something of Christ's glory that's our prayer oh our dear Lord we thank thee for giving us a glimpse of our Saviour once again what a wonderful Saviour is Jesus my Lord and Lord I pray for any in the meeting that they know not the Lord They know not the Saviour, and at this moment of time, they would not be in glory. No. They would not dwell in that light unapproachable, but in the darkness, a darkness that can be felt. Lord, be with us throughout this day. Grant us all traveling mercy. Return us to thy house this evening. To hear thy servant preach the word. And to learn more. To learn more about thee. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Abide and remain with us now. And forevermore. Amen.